All right, hello guys. Welcome to another episode of Lumia Sports. This is our first ever NBA draft preview with the new crew, so I am excited. Um, my name is Demetrius Mason, and I'm joined again by one Darnell Jones, our draft expert. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> and joined again by Dom. Triple D's. I am not a draft expert. Nope. So. <laughs> Don't worry, no one thought you were. All right, so let's get into it. <laughs> I just want to start, obviously, with a very simple mock on CBS Sports. Um, but it does look like the one that everyone's basically talking about and saying that these picks will go. So we're going to start, obviously, with the first overall pick, the Detroit Pistons. Um, they're said to pick Kate Cunningham, 6'8", obviously, guard out of Oklahoma State. Darnell. What are your thoughts about this? Um, and do you think it's the right move, wrong move, et cetera? Yeah, I think Cade Cunningham to Detroit is pretty much a no-brainer. But there's some belief that around the league that Detroit might be a little hesitant on Cade Cunningham because I guess Jalen Green had a great workout when he came in for Detroit. He only worked out for two teams, obviously, Detroit and Houston. But – it's so it's giving them a little apprehension about who they can draft in. I think their GM Troy Weaver put out that they asked him about fit, and he said, We won 20 games last year, so it all of these guys can fit on our roster. So I think Kay Cunningham ultimately is the guy for them, and he's a guy that scores at all three levels, does it at a high level, can create it on his own, create for others. He has the size that you're looking for in today's game, and I think that. When you really look at the roster in Detroit, they're missing a big creator. And they can – obviously, every team can use a big creator like Kay Cunningham. So, there's been comparisons of Luka Doncic. I think that's a little off. I don't really see Luka in Kay Cunningham. But there's also been comparisons to, like, a Jason Tatum who's – because Kay Cunningham's not the greatest athlete in the world. He's not the athlete of a Jalen Green that's, you know – in the top 1% athletes coming out, coming to the draft. So there'll be a little apprehension about him there, but there was the same questions about Luca. And we know if you have the IQ to get it done, then Luca was obviously doing it at a different level in Euro league. So it's hard to make that comparison to me, but Kate did it in college, did it at a high level. He was, you, you even look back to his high school stuff. He wasn't the number one recruit. That was Jalen Green. But he was top three consensus pretty much around the board. So that's proven to be giving you that kind of consistency that you're looking for when you're looking for a top pick. Tom, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people – have been interested in moving up the, to this pick to I'm, I'm, I'm assuming to get him. Um, we know that, you know, Houston has, you know, made some noise trying to get the number one pick. Obviously, OKC came with the trade for sh the trade for um, Shea and, and the sixth pick. It's the sixth pick, which Detroit declined. So a lot of people have been sold on trying to get this number one pick. It seems like unless they get a really good offer, then because I think that, I mean, I don't know if you want to drop down to the sixth pick, 
But, I mean, if you're going to get Shea with it as well, and we all have high hopes for Shea, that means you think that Cade is going to be way better than, you know, what Shea could turn out to be. So, I mean, you know, that's something to take into account. But, yeah, um, the number one pick is most likely going to be between Cade or Jalen Green, and all signs are pointing towards Cade. So that's most likely the move that they'll make unless they wind up with some crazy draft day trade. Yeah, yeah I think dropping – go ahead. No, go ahead. Now I was just going to say that dropping down to six is probably too far. And the thing yeah. about trading for Shea is that you're going to have to pay him because he's going to be up after next season. Yeah. So that's another part that I don't know if Detroit at this part of their rebuild, I don't know if that really makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Detroit is a um, <clears throat> very smart organization, for real, if we're being honest. They just they just went with too many veterans, but they got rid of them at the right time. And, then, you know, I think that they're going to do the right thing. They're not going to overcommit. They were trying. They were talking about maybe going with two or three, I think, the Sexton deal, right? Forget but they were talking about move, but they're not going to move out of top I, three. I, I propose that. I don't oh, think you that, propose that? Gosh, yeah, I don't think that's the real thing. Thanks. I think that <laughs> – yeah, thank you. I think that worst they're going to – they're not going to move out of top three, but I think they're just going to, at this point, take K Cunningham. Um, and this is one of the – this is – it seems like every draft kind of comes down to this, right? You have, like, the kind of more proven guy and then the freak athlete – and based off of the past, really, there's no right answer, honestly. It's going to be 50-50, and you just got to trust your eyes. From what I'm seeing from Kate, I'd say he's not – like, Jalen is a freakish athlete, but Kate's also three inches taller, and Kate's more of, you know, he's more of a passer. He's more of a guy who can set up the offense. They both look like explosive scorers. Um, I would just – say Cade for as much as whatever he might lack freakish athleticism like Jalen does he seems to be in the right place he's got the right IQ and he's already like strong and so it looks like he can kind of get to a spot like that's where the Luca comparisons come into I think he's uh slightly better in the defensive end than Luca obviously I don't think he's offensively you know Luca yet and we're talking about one of the top five players in the league to me but Troy should just do it, make a move. He's someone who can eventually probably work and be a switchblade, do multiple things. Because when you're, he's at the perfect, you know, NBA height, six seven to like six ten ish, and I think that should just be the move. So, hey, Detroit, don't do anything dumb, and make just do the smart thing and make that decision. So now, as we go to the second pick, obviously, this one's more of a consensus. It's either going to be Kane or Jalen Green. And, hey, it gets to be a nice, easy decision. So, Darnell, what do you think happens with the second pick of the draft? So, I think the second pick is going to be Jalen Green. I think Jalen Green of the G League United, he's a sixth. He didn't re- So, he didn't go to the Combine. Um, his measurements aren't official, so it's word he could be six six, he could be six five. So, but he plays. He's so athletic that mm-hmm. he plays above his height, obviously, 
And I don't think that's going to be a deterrent for him. But on a defensive end, it'll be a little bit limiting for him if because he's a slight guy. He's only about 180 right now. I don't know if he can, if he's going to put on muscle by the season starts and maybe that changes. But last last year or for the G League, he was playing at about 180. And that's really light for a two guard, obviously. So he can't really defend the three. So, but Jalen Green has all the upside in the world offensively. He has comparisons to guys like Bradley Beal, guys like Zach Levine, who are just putting up over 26, 20, or over 27 points a game in the NBA right now. So those are really good comparisons to me. And I think he's of that mold, but he has one of the highest ceilings in the, in the draft, one of the highest floors, and he's has all the potential for Detroit to consider him at one, even though I do believe they go Cade, obviously, like we said. But for Houston, pairing him with a Kevin Porter Jr. in the backcourt, you still have John Wall on the roster. I don't know how that – plays out but for the future you you can yeah (laughs) you can imagine those two guys working you have Kevin Porter Jr. who you you had playing league guard last year for you at times maybe you you give him that full-time responsibility and it just allows Jalen Green to play off ball he can catch and shoot he can get into the pain drive and kick he just has an all-around game offensively on a defensive end obviously like I said he's slight so you don't really expect much there he can grow on that end because he's athletic enough to do so but when you're talking about high-end scores like that you know you don't really expect much on that end of the floor honestly yeah so I have a quick question there now before I go to Dom would it be possible for him to play the three, I think he's a little too small for that, but just wondering. I don't think so. Yeah. That Like, that was kind of what I was alluding to. Yeah. And I don't think – because he's not 6'8". Yeah. He's not 220. If he was – if he had that frame, then I think it would – he would probably be my number one player in the draft. But he's smaller. So, yeah. against – he's going to struggle against guys like – these big wings like a LeBron or Giannis who, well, I can't even throw Giannis. I guess Giannis is the center now, but you know what I mean? What I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Those six, eight to LeBron, six, ten Kawhi, guys, Tatum. Tatum. Yeah, Tatum. like those guys are a little too big for him. Luka's to guard on the shit, defensive so end. Yep. Luca, like, so I think he's just going to have to guard twos and ones and twos more than twos and threes. Yeah. I I think that's going to be the only interesting part of that fit is, you know, can Kevin Porter then guard, you know, those bigger twos or the threes. Um, But, Dom, what are your thoughts on Houston in the second pick? I mean, so, yeah, there have been, like, people around the league I heard that were saying that a combo of Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green just sounds like a crazy-ass combo because, as we know, you know, Kevin Porter – we we saw that 50-point game against Drew Holiday, of all people. So, it's like we know he has the capability. And it was a 50-point triple-double like that. So, you know, we know he has the capability of distributing the ball. He wants to be a point guard. And, um, you know, 
he's also a capable scorer. And then you just add another like dynamic score right next to him and the offensive potential that of that duo is crazy alongside Christian Wood right there. Who's, who's capable of giving them anywhere around like 20 points or more. So, you know, they, they have, they would have a solid future with those three, but you know, there've been rumblings that they have been, that they're not completely sold on keeping the pick. They wouldn't, they're not, it's not like an untouchable pick. They'll move it for the right pick for the right, you know, the right trades, stuff like that. They're looking for a veteran presence on the team. So depending on what veteran presence that may be, they may consider moving it, which I think would be a bad move. Hey, can we just talk about how dumb that is? Like as if they didn't have <laughs> yeah. two veteran presence ruin the team last year. <laughs> well, actually, actually, like four of them, to be honest. Yeah. Boogie, Harden, Wall, Oladipo, all in some way ruined that team. Well, Oladipo saved them, but. (laughs) That's true. He ruined it last year, but, yeah, he did save them in the long run, yes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but for for them, that seems like the pick. I know the other person, I mean, obviously, we're assuming K goes number one. The other person that I've actually heard that although they want um, what's his name? They want Jalen Green. There have been people in the Rockets front office that have also been talking about Jalen Suggs. So that's something that may that that like may happen as well. Apparently, somebody in the in the front office is like they see more potential in Jalen Suggs. But you know, the only problem with that is that Jalen Suggs is a point guard, yeah. and that'll just fuck up. You know, Kev, Kevin Porter already claimed that he's a point guard, so that could ruin, you know, a little bit of the chemistry there. So this is just might as well just go ahead, let the off ball get get a two guard so that he can be content being the one guard and see how they go from there. But if they don't go Jalen Green, then Jalen Suggs is a sleeper pick for them. Hmm. Darnell, what do you think about that? Because there was definitely a discussion a lot more, I think, about – two, three weeks ago to a month ago, and it's kind of died down. But what do you think about Jalen Green or Jalen Suggs? Yeah, I think Jalen Suggs can play off ball. So I don't like the fit of Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Suggs as much as I like Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green. So I think for that reason, I think it's easy that you just go green. Um, Suggs does have a lot of upside. We'll get into him when the time comes. But I think for Houston – I think it's easy. Just go green. I agree. I, I think he's got to take the freak athlete there. Um, Jalen Suggs is really good. I think he's going to be really, really good. But if Green's just going to be able to, you know, just if you look at his highlights, he's just catching hoops all the time or shooting threes. That's perfect for someone who wants to play point guard. And then you have him and Christian Wood out there. Houston, just do the smart thing. Play all of them. Just try to trade Wall and just call it a day, man. Um, but moving forward, ah, love seeing this team up here. Darnell's team, the Cleveland Cavs, with the third pick in the draft. So let's assume Cunningham and Green are gone. Darnell, who you want, who you think they're taking, and why? For me, it's simple. It's going to be Evan Mobley, the seven-foot center from USC. Uh, he has potential – no, not this time. The Cavs potentially – there was 
no, we're just not going to go guard. I'm, <laughs> I'm not even going to elaborate. <laughs> but Evan Mobley's a guy, he's seven foot, 215, has a slight frame, but has all the potential in the world. Um, he's kind of a do it all big. Uh, and he's one of the, the guys that you like to see in, or that you would want in today's game because he has the ability to switch out on defense. You know, the, what happened to Utah when they were in the playoffs this year for Rudy to just get cooked on the perimeter. You're not going to have that with a guy like Evan Mobley. He has quick feet. He can guard on off. There was plays where he switched on the, to guards and really locked them down and contested the shots, got blocks. He's a unicorn. You know, the, the term unicorn that's just described so many players, but, He's yeah. really one of those kind of guys that he can create. He can face up. He has a nice jump shot. He didn't show many attempts yet, so it wasn't like you're going to project him to be a 40% guy right away, but the mechanics are clean, so he did show the ability to hit some threes, so that's going to be a really good sign for him as a – rookie going in because he can stretch the floor he can create as a playmaker there's so many things that he does that are just impressive and you look at weaknesses he doesn't really have many he shot the ball at the free throw line at a pretty good percentage and at in many drafts in most drafts he will be considered one of the number one picks but there's just three guys right now in this draft that could be home runs for all three organizations well, four. I mean, we didn't get the four yet. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Um, so this is obviously, let's just say hypothetically, that mm-hmm. Houston were to make the make the big splash and take Jalen Green. I mean, take take Jalen Sugg. So then that leaves Jalen Green and Evan Mobley. Do you still go Evan Mobley or do you take Jalen Green at that point? Uh, I think you consider you do a, it's like three options on the table. Consider you call uh, Toronto, try to gauge their interest to see what they will want to trade up for the number three pick. Because obviously you can throw them in a bind and try to make them think that you're going to take their guy, but that could backfire. So you might not want to do that. You could just take, you could take Jalen green who has a lot of upside, but because obviously the Toronto Raptors would like to have Evan Mobley too if Jalen Suggs was off the table. Yeah. So you could potentially trade down to four and take Jalen Green. It, it's a weird – I haven't yeah, considered I think, that option. I think Jalen Green wouldn't be the one that Toronto wants. I think it would be between Suggs and Mobley more so than Green. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. That's what I said. Like, yeah. Like, so in that situation – Suggs is off the table because he's a rocket, right? Mm-hmm. So it's between Evan Mobley and Jalen Green on the board. And Toronto wants a center. You can give Evan Mobley to them, see what assets you can get. But I don't know. I don't really see it shaking out that way because I, I'm pretty sold that Jalen Green is going to go too. But that's something interesting to, to consider. Like I, yeah. I like to hear Demetrius. I want to know what he thinks on that kind of trade. 
me. I have no idea what's going on. Now, in that situation, <laughs> you look at, obviously, so Houston takes Suggs and then Cleveland. The, the problem is, is I don't – so the reason, by the way, just a little to peel it back, the reason that the Cavs would want Mobley so bad is Jared Allen's contract is kind of up, and we had this discussion before, but Mobley, even though he's seven feet tall, he's more of a power forward right now than a center. Um like uh, he's 215, he's kind of slender and he has the ability, he has the speed to kind of be able to run the perimeter. He's got some shooting ability, like Darnell was saying, and so forth. And they need a power forward. That's the big weakness. And like you said, for the Raptors, um, they need a big, they need a big all last season. The only time they really had success is when they put Siakam at the five uh, because they had no center and they just decided to go fast. Um, I think that Green would work better for Toronto than Cleveland because I just, like you said, if he's a slender guard who can't play the three, that would just give them, again, three options. And you would just have to immediately trade Colin Sexton to me in that. And with the Raptors, I mean, the whole thing it comes down to is they still have Gary Trent, right? So yeah. it's kind of like they would be they would love Jalen Suggs because if that's who's just going to fall to him, and we'll get to it, that, that's just going to fall to him. But – I think the person that they would want the most in this draft would be Evan Mobley if you just look at fit and everything. Because it would even allow them the possibility, because, you know, he's been in the trade room with Pascal Siakam. I think they would want to try it with Siakam and Mobley and then, you know, give that give that back to court. Because you still have a Nobi as well. So OG, Fred, and Gary, and just give them a chance there. Um, that's yeah. just So, actually, let's get into it. What do you think at for your team does, Dom. I want Suggs. I've made that clear ever since we got the number four pick. I think, I think that his defensive potential, you know, I think that because basically what I see from him, he's, he's similar to Lowry. He has like a similar kind of style to Lowry, but you feel me? He's four inches taller. Lowry's six foot. He's six four. So, Instead, instead of having two six foot point guards out, I mean, yeah, two six foot guards out there, then we have a six foot guard and a six four guard. Because Fred is really more of a shooting guard than a point guard. He can pass; he's a capable passer, yeah, and everything. But he's more of a scorer than a passer. So I don't know if I completely want him to initiate the offense. But the reason why we could struggle at times was because obviously we just lack size out there but with Jalen Suggs out there you know we have a little bit of extra height to work with and for Evan Mobley like again his his frame is so small he'll really have to develop the size and you know everything like that I mean he could I mean Durant's Durant Durant you know got bigger Giannis obviously got bigger and they were also like in the same situation where they came in like really small but they you know I mean, Yaz grew a little bit as well. He grew like two inches. So, I mean, I think I think Mobley's still like 19, 20. So, he still has room to grow. But, I mean, I just think for us specifically, I think Jalen Suggs seems like a good leader. I think he seems like a good Lowry replacement. And Lowry was one of the most important – was obviously, I think, the most important player for our team this last decade. So, 
you know, I would I would want to see a Lowry replacement. I think there will be centers in future in future drafts and stuff like that. But I, I definitely think Suggs would be the best fit. But I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad at all getting you know Mobley. It's just the fact that you know he's not ready to be a center yet, and we need a center. We don't need a power forward. So, so I'll ask you the question then. Let's say. Suggs is gone, and Green and Mobley are there at the three. And Darnell's pick. What would you would you give up anything to go get Evan Mobley over Jalen Green, or would you just be like, all right, sustain? I'd just be like, all right, yeah, I don't know. Right. I'm not doing all that for one extra spot. They're both. It'd be one thing if the drop off was significant, but yeah. I mean, if they're if they're both just going to be high level players, then I mean, fuck it, <laughs> whichever one we get, which is whichever one we get. However, I would prefer Mobley over Green just because just because of fit. Got you, Darnell. What are your thoughts at the, with the Raptors at number four and uh, Jalen Suggs? Yeah, I think for I think the draft is going to go K Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs. I think it's been that way for a long time. I know it's not the sexy thing. There's nothing there's nothing controversial about it because we've known this. But this is honestly the way I think it plays out because these are the prospects that I think fit best with these four organizations. And these are the four guys that have, you know, after the dust settled, have kind of been in a at a level above the other guys. Not that they're not high level prospects of their own, but these four guys have kind of been the pillars of this draft. And I think yeah. Jalen Suggs fits really well in Toronto. I think he's going to allow Fred Van Fleet to be his best self because Jalen Suggs can play on ball and off ball. Yep. So it allows them to kind of just take turns, which is really going to be dynamic for Toronto. And they're going to lose Kyle Lowry. We all know that. So they're going to be looking for a replacement. And what better than one with cost control, one with upside, and Jalen Suggs can defend a little bit. He's he's like – he doesn't – if you look at – he doesn't have elite anything, but he's like great – he's good at everything. And Sounds he has like all Lowry. <laughs> he has all the intangibles too. Like it's just hard to – like wrap his wrap around it's hard to make a comparison for him honestly you get Jason Kidd a young Jason Kidd but that was kind of a while ago and it's just hard to kind of put him in today's game but I think Suggs is going to be a star he's going to make Toronto a much better team and if you're a Raptors fan you should be excited right now because Suggs is going to be the guy from from what I heard, I heard that um, I actually heard that Jalen Suggs was a five star quarterback recruit coming out of high school. He was his, yeah. his main his main sport was actually football, and the reason he went to Gonzaga was because either they either they don't have a football team or their football team is like complete garbage. So you know he he went to Gonzaga so that he could have his so that he could have his attention fully away from um from from football and he could focus solely on basketball so i say that to say he obviously that's where his that's where his floor vision comes from his court vision 
like you know he he if he could be a five star quarterback out there where people literally try to tackle him <laughs> like then you know he definitely has the potential to do something crazy out there as a point guard so i definitely like the upside that he got and like you said he's not amazing at anything but you pair the right pieces around him and he could definitely be a key piece to a championship championship team just like a Lowry or even like a holiday or something like that. Yeah, you like some comparisons that they throw out there is like Chauncey Billups is him because he was um, like a winner and like Jalen Green's just yeah. We just saw what they were doing in, in the in the um NCAA, how they all went all the way to the championship. So the draft starts at 8 o'clock, and at 8.20, Dom is going to buy a Jalen Suggs jersey. Man already has – how he already – he hasn't given backstory on anybody else. He said, by the way, Jalen Suggs is a five-star recruit in football <laughs> high school, in case you didn't know that. At hey, all man, I'm, I'm, thinking about buy, I'm thinking about buying one or two jerseys, and it depends on what we do because I also – Cause I also heard, you know, OKC trying real hard to trade Shay, and I, I'll take Shay, I'll take Shay in the sixth pick. If y'all want the fourth pick, I'll take that OKC. <laughs> I think they want Cade. I don't think they want to just give you Shay for to move up. I'll, I'll, I'll buy Shay Gilgis Alexander jersey tomorrow if we do that as well. <laughs> but believe me, I'm definitely, I'm definitely in on the Jalen Suggs bandwagon. Let's go to the fifth pick. Now it's the Orlando Magic. Obviously, we talked about how this draft is very, very surrounding these four names. So, Darnell, with the fifth pick, where do you think the Magic go? And uh, what do you think the right move is? All right. So, I think the four was kind of melodramatic at times, but now we can kind of get a little spicy. The fifth pick is where it's kind of a toss up between two players. You can go Jonathan Kuminga or you can go Scotty Barnes. I think Scotty Barnes is the guy because he's kind of been a guy that's just risen up draft boards. He – well, I won't say risen up draft boards because he was already highly touted, but he played in high school with Kay Cunningham. So he's a power forward who has ball handling potential. He played – point guard at times for Florida State towards the end of the season. He can't really shoot it right now. His offensive game is a little lackluster, but on the defensive end, his playmaking, think of a high-level Draymond Green. Like, it's a lot that you expect. And Scotty Barnes has all the potential that the Orlando Magic have room to just take a home run pick. And I think he probably fits better than Jonathan Kaminga right now for them because they have Jonathan Isaac there. And I think, honestly, they can't go wrong with either guy, but I think for me it's going to be Scotty just because I see his motor. His motor runs a little higher for me than Jonathan Kaminga does. So I have a question. Oh, Dom, first off, uh, who do you think is going to go five? So – I'm looking at Scotty Barnes and um, Jonathan Kuminga right now. And here's the thing. I was, I was, so neither of them are really good shooters. 
So, um, Scotty Barnes shot 27.5% from three, and um, Jonathan Kuminga shot 24.6% from three. So, neither of them are really good shooters. So, the question is, do you want, I guess, I'm guessing Kuminga is more of a slasher. So, the question is, do you want somebody, do you want a slasher out there that can't shoot? Or do you want another defender out there? And you already got Isaac out there who I thought I I was thinking Scotty Barnes and Isaac would be really redundant out there, but you, I'd rather have somebody that's, you know, has high defensive potential than somebody that's just like a slasher, I guess. I mean, we'll talk about him a little more. I'm sure Darnell knows more about him just from what I'm assuming. I'm assuming he's more of a slasher. So if you have a if you have a front court of, you know, Scotty Barnes, um, Jonathan Isaac, and whether they choose Wendell Carter Jr. or Mobamba, it's just like who the fuck is going to be able to score in pain? Who the fuck is going to be able to move against them? We already we already talked about how high um, Orlando's defensive potential is. And then they already have a slasher that can't really shoot in Markel. So you don't just want a bunch of those types of players. So, you know, I think that I think Scotty Barnes seems like the fit there for that reason. Because if neither of them are going to be able to shoot anyway, then you just want to you want to max out the defensive potential that you can. And those three or those four even sound like a dangerous combination out there. Cause just imagine. If they just go big, because Mo Bamba's fast and Wendell's fast. Imagine if they do like Wendell at the five, Mo at the four, fucking, oh, what's it called? And then the other two. I, Isaac, and Barnes. Like, who the fuck's going to be able to You didn't even throw Markel in there. Yeah. Yeah. Markel's a decent enough defender. Like, who the fuck's going to be able to move out that motherfucker? I think for me, the big thing, keeping in mind with all this, because I was thinking about it, we're at the kind of point where you go fit um, over, you know, talent for the most part. But because the Magic have the eighth pick, there are two guys in the draft who are guards and who are shooters, uh, James Bonite and Moses Moody. I remember Moody uh, from the tournament. He's a great shooter. So really, they have that option and they might as well take it of having, like you said, that dominant defensive presence in Barnes. Um, who's a you know who's much more of a defensive player than anyone else really, and then going guard after because my first thought was, I mean, shouldn't they really get a shooter right? But if there's going to be one left over regardless, because you assume Kaminga's going to go either six or seven, and then one of them is going to fall to you at eight. Now that's kind of a gamble, but I'd, I think you'd rather have Barnes and maybe even if you get if you get stuck, maybe a Kaminga or a Wagner, 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 sorry. Wagner. No, it's Wagner. You had it right. Wagner. No, I had it wrong. He's got to earn it. Or a Josh Giddy. Um, <laughs> or, or, or a Josh Giddy. Um, you get, you get, that's okay. But like we've talked about, the upside of having a Barnes in there. And again, all of us, this entire roster for the Magic is dependent on Jonathan Isaac finally being healthy. We know that. Um, honestly, probably the reason they didn't make the playoffs last year, and that's okay because they ended up getting Wendell out of the deal um, and the high picks. But for them going forward, Isaac's going to be the huge thing because he's a seven-foot guy who can guard people. But if you have another one who can guard one of some smaller guards, 
then you have really a destructive. You said who? You said who? So Isaac is a seven foot guy who can guard. Oh, okay. So if you have another guy in Barnes who can kind of guard, maybe like a smaller guard. Fultz is again good enough at it with if he's got four dudes helping him out. If he's the worst defender yeah. out there, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. He's a good <laughs> defender. Um, so yeah, that's something to look forward to. So the Magic again, they're one of these teams in a great spot as uh, the next couple actually. All right, now, as we know, one of the biggest storylines of this entire draft, really, <clears throat> or surrounding the draft, is what Golden State is going to do at seven. Everyone, everyone not only, I think, believes they're going to get someone good, but everyone is pleading for them to get somebody who can play. And that doesn't mean staying at the seven pick. That means trading. So, Darnell, what are your thoughts on Golden State at seven? Can they make a move? And who do you think they could possibly get? from trading that seventh pick. And who would want to go there? Because right now it looks like Jonathan Kaminga would be the pick there. So who would possibly go there? And what would they give the Warriors? Man, this is like – this is kind of where the draft starts to me Mm -hmm. because I believe the Warriors are one of those rare teams in win-now mode that have assets in the draft that's really high. So they can go one of two ways. They can – you know, package, make a package to send away a guy like uh, James Wiseman with the number seven pick. They also have 14. They can maybe package that together to get a win now player. That's not on the board. They can get someone like maybe, I think Davion Mitchell makes some sense for them. I don't know whether that's at seven or 14. I think that's how big his range can be right now. But I think if Jonathan Kuminga fell to the Warriors, I think it would be a nice pick for them because he wouldn't he wouldn't hit right away for them, but long term with Wiseman, it will give you a nice core. But if they wanted to go into the d- direction of going with a guy who fits them right now, I think it's Book Knight from UConn. I don't know. Because he's a guy who can shoot it. He fit he would fit into that Golden State Warriors system. Mm-hmm. You just he's athletic. He can he's he's just a bucket. Like, and they can use another one of those guys. Like you looked at what they did last year with, you know, passing up on a guy like LaMelo Ball, and you said, Well, they had Steph Curry. They don't really need LaMelo Ball, but now you look at it and say, Man, Steph Curry would have probably benefited from playing with a guy like LaMelo Ball last year. And just winning finals. And having Clay back and Book Knight, he, like, you saw how problematic it was at times when you had a guy like Kelly Oubre not being able to hit threes for them and make open shots, how just clunky the offense got. Book Knight would let Golden State return to being – He's just going to fit seamlessly with that organization. So he makes sense for them. And there's three options for Golden State right now. And it's trading the pick, taking Book Knight, or taking Kuminga right or, or I'll say four, or going for a guy like Davion Mitchell. All of those make sense to me for the Warriors. And I think I don't I don't really think they can mess this up right now. Bought that last because, year. <laughs> Fucked it up. Yeah. I, yeah, they did. I mean, but. here's the thing. They did fuck it up, but they wouldn't be in the position that they're in now where they can, you know, 
get because Lamelo was obviously they where they can get like a you know a, a proven a already proven player. Well, like they were like you, they were they just still would have had the seventh pick in the draft. They still had the, uh, yeah, they still had the seventh pick, but now they have the seventh and the fourteenth. That definitely gives them a little more leverage to and and the fact that they be open to trading Wiseman. That definitely gives them a little more leverage to, you know, move for somebody. I reset. I, I would I would like for them to, you know, 7-14 and Wiseman for um for Siakam. Wow. I think I, those, like that. <laughs> I, would, I, I would like that trade. I think that that would benefit both teams just because I feel like Siakam would be the type of player that could fit really well with Golden State. We saw him destroy Golden State when he played. And, you know, just him, Draymond, Wiggins, um, Steph and Clay, that just seems like a lot. That seems like a really good team to me. So, you know, definitely feel like that would be a move they can make. I heard I heard Miles Turner was another option. I think that would be terrible. I think that's what they shouldn't do. They keep trying to get these centers, even though they're the one team in the league that don't need a center. <laughs> they yeah. they made they made it so that centers became useless. So, you know, I definitely think that I think Siakam or a player around that mold will be a good one. Just somebody that can that can play, you know, the four or the five, that can that can hit threes, that's a capable passer and a solid defender. I heard they're interested in getting Ben Simmons. But the problem is that neither him nor Draymond can shoot. So that would just fuck up me. That would fuck up the offense. I mean, I know they have Steph and Clay. Mind you, Clay got to be healthy. But I'll take Clay um, for Ben. Bro, they're not doing that stupid ass shit, bro. Why the hell would I give you Ben Simmons then? For who? Fuck seven. Seven. No. 14, wise, fuck, fuck the seven. And Wiggins. No, be Wiggins in the deal too, but they were probably the thing with the thing with Kuminga. The thing with Kuminga is what I see from Kuminga is that he's probably gonna be Wiggins without the defense. I was gonna say he's gonna be like more Ubre because he can't, well, but Ubre without the defense, which is like worse. Yeah, he's not, he's not that poor of a shooter, Kuminga. Um, so probably more, that's Wiggins. Like, the thing about Kuminga is he only played 13 games in the G League. He got hurt towards the end. He showed potential to do pretty much everything, but it was such a small sample size, and it wasn't the perfect setting for him as, in terms of development. So I think if you want to see the, the downfall, I mean, it, like the bad parts of Kuminga, they're there, so he's going to be considered a project right now. So, but I do think he has a high, like his ceiling is pretty high. Like he has the body to be. He's six eight, two two hundred. He's listed at about two ten, but yeah. he probably can. You can see him filling out to about two twenty. So, like that's what team. Those are the the modes but, of players that are successful in this league. So, but, but Golden get, State needs somebody for now. They're looking for somebody for this moment. So, Kuminga just – if he got to develop into a better player, that means he's not what they need. <laughs> which is which is why you can 
see so many options for Golden State at seven, depending on how the board falls at six. I mean, six is where it's interesting because I don't even know if we got an Oklahoma City at six. No. I mean, they're they're projected to take uh, James Booknight, the one you were saying, if he goes to seventh, Golden State could benefit from that. Yeah. I think Kuminga, if like if Kuminga went six, it wouldn't surprise me. Like, honestly, if he a project that has a high ass ceiling, that's exactly what OKC should go for. Yeah. Especially if they just go on. Well, yeah. If you're gonna move on from Shay, there's no real. Bonai isn't really a point guard. So no, he's not a point guard. Might as well say fuck it. Get 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 tall. <laughs> yeah, I think Kuminga goes six. I, I think mean, book out the other table for Golden State. Go ahead. No, that's it. Uh, I was saying they already have Pokuchevsky, so I don't know if you know. I I, I don't know how that how that's going to turn out. Because that's already a project in itself. So, you know. But they got, they got so many projects on that right. I mean, yeah, they like, have a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> These projects aren't due for four years. So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They can procrastinate. Yeah, that's true. It's just a question of if, if, any, if any of them are going to mess up the development of the others. That's really what it comes down to. I doubt that. They don't let that happen. But I think for Oklahoma City, part of the reason or part of the other side – you're looking at the other side of them having so many assets is that you look at can they all coexist? Is it going to work? Like, it, it's not – just because they have all of these top draft picks coming up, it doesn't mean it's going to work because we've seen teams missing a draft. We've seen – for teams like uh, even Oklahoma City would know well with James Harden. We've seen how you can draft two players or three or four players in a small amount of time, and it doesn't work from a salary perspective. So you have to make strong or decisions, and you might have let the wrong guy walk. And Oklahoma City is going to have to deal with that again in the next coming years because they have a lot of picks. And if they don't package those for more for like players, then we're gonna have that question every year. Like, can is, is it gonna be the right environment to grow? Because it's gonna be a lot of redundancy soon. The big thing is they're trying to give up Shay. That's the biggest problem with all this. So I think they should just go head on. That's because they don't want to pay him. Yeah, I'll pay somebody. I, well, yeah, they, they, they like to pay other people so they can get more first, but I feel like at some point. <laughs> I mean, it's just hard to justify having a $100 million player on a 20-win team. A man yeah. of girls brag about that shit. Yeah. Call that man a top five center. You said what? <laughs> the Timberwolves brag about that shit every year. Call that man a top five center and shit. Hey man, I ain't say I don't think any of us said he top five. No, I I did. I like I like I like him. I'm sorry. You oh. did say that one time. That was amazing. I uh, I think he probably like six or seven. 
He's not in my top 20. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, real quick, Darnell, draft expert. What are some of the sleepers in this draft we haven't talked about yet? What are some people going in the later later parts of the first round or middle middle later parts of the first round you think can make an impact um, even next season in the NBA? If you're talking about next season, well, I'll probably general, go. You know, I guess, go, ahead. go no, ahead. I can answer. I can answer everything. Um, if we go next season, then I'm going to go with the uh, international prospect, the first international prospect that, no, nah, I guess you can consider Kaminga international prospect if you wanted to, but Alperin Sengul from the Turkish League. He's been rising on boards. He's 19 years old. He's going to be one of the younger players in the draft. So he has – so he played at a higher level than most of the players that are – I think his league was a little – it's against grown men, basically. So – being able to dominate, he averaged 24.3 points a game, 11.2 rebounds, 3.5 assists per 36 minutes. So you look at the way that projects, he's really good in the post. Like, you're not going to like this comparison, but he Sabonis. reminds me sometimes of Sabonis. There it is. <laughs> he does at times remind me of Sabonis, but – he can stay away he from can, my team. <laughs> he, can, he can do a little more than Sabonis right now. Like as a like he was like his game's a little more developed than Sabonis's was at this age. Can he play he, defense at all? His defense isn't bad. Like it's not a he's like he's not a bad defender, but so he's better than Sabonis. Like you can see him developing into a guy that's gonna average 20 a game. But he's, you know, going to have his limitations, obviously, like like any other prospect that you would consider. He's going to be rising up boards. I don't know how high he goes, but coming into the process, he was, you know, sort of an unknown. So I think he's the guy to, to watch out for. I like Josh Giddy, the 6'8 point guard from Adeline. Adeline. I can't pronounce the name of that team, but – Josh Giddy from Australia is going to be really good. He's a tall creator. He'll make sense in the lottery at the end of the, at, towards the end of the lottery for a team that, you know, is just looking to, to take a high upside guy. And if you're talking bottom of the draft, I'm going to throw Isaiah Jackson in there because I covered him in high school. He was playing on the same team as LaMelo Ball. He has he's has one of the quickest second jumps that I've ever seen in person. And he's 19 and a half years old, 6'11. He's went to Kentucky, where towards the end of the season, you saw what made him such a highly ranked player. But just like so many other Kentucky prospects. Like, you don't really see them pop until they exit the program for whatever reason that might be. But Sounds like a pretty Isaiah Jackson is, yeah, like a pretty Isaiah Jackson is one for me that I'm, I'll, I'll really like in the league. Kentucky still gets the talent. Calipari just can't do anything with it. But 
I was going to say, yeah, a lot of Kentucky players recently have been like falling in the draft because they don't look great in college or because they're not making deep tournament runs, so, stuff like that. And then they come in the league and they start tearing it up. Um, because they're always going to get talent. There's one thing they're going to get is going to be like, talent. Like the um, opposite, of, it's like the opposite of Duke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, that tells you about coaching, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. Dom, what are your thoughts? Any sleepers? You guys got I mean, I mean, obviously, as we saw the um as we saw the 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 NCAA tournament, I think Davion Mitchell, he, they have him ranked at 14th. There's a lot of teams that, you know, he he might go higher than that. Just because he's a he was a 44% shooter for almost a 45% shooter his last season. And um and he's a and he's a, one of the best defender, one of the best perimeter defenders in the draft. So I think you know a team that's looking for a strong three and D presence like that. I mean, he's a little smaller. He's a little on the smaller. He's six one. It's pretty much literally just Donovan Mitchell, but a better shooter. So, <laughs> well, at least coming into the league, a better shooter. Donovan Mitchell is a pretty decent shooter now, but you know, coming into the league, he's this will be he, shooting bombs. The thing about yeah. the thing about Davian Mitchell is he was a good shooter last year, but if you look at his number, like he's a junior. I don't think a lot of people know that he's going to be twenty three uh, yeah. soon. So oh, juniors, man. yeah, so uh, he wasn't a great shooter throughout at the beginning of his career, but hey, man, when Lillard, he transferred to Baylor, all four years, he really showed. Yeah, <laughs> and Cook and McCollum did. Well, McCollum. Uh... <laughs> well, I mean, McCollum yeah. makes more sense than you just throwing out Lillard and Donovan Mitchell. What the hell? <laughs> just going to throw Mitchell, out two Mitchell, Mitchell didn't go. Mitchell didn't go all four years. I mean, he just plays. He's just him. He is him. They are the same person. He I'm has saying, his number. He, can't be, he has he can't his height. Apprehensive about calling him CJ. CJ McCollum be great career for David Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell be a great career for Davian Mitchell. There you go. Again, Hall of Famer. If he's going – Hall of Famer? Yes. Donovan's going to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm not even going to – First off, there's about to be a lot more Hall of Famers now just because the NBA already started the precedent of letting everybody in. So it's going <laughs> to be real easy to do. My man still hurt that Tony Kukoc and that motherfucker. <laughs> That's all this is about. Not hurt. It's just like, oh, it's not about being hurt. It's about looking at the reality of the situation and assessing it from there. Like, if oh, Tony Kukoc is in the Hall of Fame, Donovan Mitchell better be. My man's dealing with – you know what he's dealing with. And he don't want to deal with it anymore, but he's trying. He's dealing with the most overpaid center of all time, dragging in the playoffs just for him to be useless. Hall of Fame. Amen. So at least and Dame, but he can't be CJ. Wow. Yes. For me, for me, I like actually his teammate a lot watching, obviously. Mr. Butler. Full disclosure. Yeah. My my insight on this is very low. I'll have a better answer for you tomorrow. I'm gonna go do some, do my homework. I promise. But 
I really like Jared Butler because he always he came to play in the big moments for them, and he also was a shooter. And he's just a little bit yeah. taller. Um, he's not as fast. He's not as explosive as Mitchell. The question's going to be on defense. Will he be okay? But watching it again, this is again throughout throughout the, but this was throughout the tournament, not even just against Gonzaga. But they were playing very good defense the entire time. That was really the difference, the difference between them and Gonzaga, because Gonzaga could score, but Baylor was shutting teams down. We saw them play again. Not the best offensive team, but that Arkansas team, and they they could not move. So I assume that both of them are pretty good on defense. And I'm just gonna take Butler. He's gonna be a little taller and hope that he can be maybe a backup guard for me, maybe high end a starter. But I think he's got the ability to come off the bench, shoot a couple threes, and um, not be a defensive liability, which is kind of all we need if we're going to get someone late first round. Um, someone else I like. I also like. Can tell I only watch these tournament games, but Ayai, Jai, Jai, late. Now the, the the tricky thing about him, um, he was a Gonzaga player. The tricky thing about him is he's six five. And to me, his best comp actually would be like a Bruce Brown. He was more of a small forward for them. So it would take, honestly, kind of a perfect situation. But as the league goes smaller, I think he'll be a guy who I project as being big enough and strong enough to being able to slide up if you really, really wanted to play like a small ball lineup, playoffs or something like that. Um, So that's where I'd go with that. Hey man, what's up? Where are my man's? Uh, what's his name? The dude, the dude that, the dude that played. Like Grant went back to college. Nah, dude that went to dude that played like Grant Williams, the senior dude. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot his name. He's on those overseas draft boards, bro. Truck, truck, get my man's in the league, bro. <laughs> Hey man, I'm sorry, but there's no there's no place for six four Grant Williams right now. <laughs> All right, got a little bit. Marries his dreams, bro. Keep in mind, you, you also know he's 23, right? Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> oh yeah, he was a super senior. <laughs> he was a super duper senior. Bro, I'm looking at him like, man, maybe I should lace him up. And be bearing these little kids. <laughs> That's all I got to do. Give me a ring. <laughs> Forgot he was a super senior. <laughs> he wasn't even a senior. Damn. My man was paying for his own insurance on that, that nigga was That nigga was really Tristan Thompson out there, bro. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, he's going to be older than everybody. Tristan Thompson with a Grant Williams body. <laughs> man, straight got like 20 rebounds. Like ten offensive rebounds. <laughs> yeah, we get the little little rumor report, you know, as we as we like to do here sometimes. So you like to do randomly, occasionally. I do like to do it. So, I mean, I, I mean, when there's news, I like to spread it. But all right, so here's some rumors. <laughs> so here's some rumors. So the 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 Los Angeles Lakers are interested in trading for Buddy Hield. In a package that includes the 22nd pick, Montrez Harrell, and one of Kyle Kuzma or Contavious Caldwell Pope. Who you wins trade for who? who? Yeah. Buddy Heald for Montrez Harrell 
and either Contavious Caldwell Pope or Kyle Kuzma in the number 22nd pick. Question. Wow. Would Buddy Hill to you be better than DeMar DeRozan for that team? Yes. I Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. I don't know. Just, be, just because they just need somebody that can shoot. What I Bro, don't think. Yes, but here, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Yeah. Yes, they need someone who can shoot, but he's going to sell a lot. Here's the thing, though. I don't think I don't think KCP should be included in it. I think it should be Harold and Kuzma. I don't think I don't think they should move KCP. If they move KCP, I think that'll fuck them up. Yeah, like, like if they if they move KCP, they'll just be like swapping shooters. Yeah, exactly. And I think they need to yeah. add another shooter more so than that. And KCP is more capable of being clutch. We've seen him be clutch. It was the finals two years ago, but still yeah. I think he's capable of being clutch in big moments. Nah, to be now, fair, I completely forgot that KCP existed, which is his whole purpose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think that if if they could if they can finesse the Kings for, for to take to take Trezzy and Kuzma, then you feel me. I think they should do that. The Kings are dumb enough to do it, and that would just make them worse. So <laughs> yeah, definitely do that. <laughs> All right, so for the 76ers, obviously there's a lot of talks about trading Ben Simmons. And the 76ers said that they want four first-round picks, three pick swaps, and a young player for Ben Simmons. Yes, please. I don't know we who saw what y'all gave him. We saw what Drew just got. Fork him <laughs> over. Stop playing around. Stop with the game. Four. Four first, th- so y'all want seven picks yes. and a young player. Yes. Oh, so so Darnell, here's what they tried to trade from Toronto, right? They asked for the entire starting lineup and our and our number four pick. Fuck your starting oh. lineup. That's how y'all got the fourth pick. I couldn't wait to talk about that trade. Nah, this is, uh, this is the news that he I said, was. I couldn't wait to talk about that trade. <laughs> man, my man, my man came out with that opening news like that had anything to do with any of the fuck thing. Buddy Heal. <laughs> This is what it was about. You should have just gone that on. So, so, so they find some other some other things. So they asked for Kyle Lowry, OG Anunobi, Fred Van Vliet, and the number four pick for Ben Simmons and Ben Simmons alone. Yes. You can have Tobias too if you want. Those Bro, no. <laughs> Bro, why are you trying to take our entire starting lineup? Because you want a thigh ball. And I took that personally. <laughs> That's definitely what this is about. <laughs> Daryl Morty said, fuck you. <laughs> if you're going to mess up our championship, you're asking for some stupid shit. You asking for our whole entire story. Yeah, we're going to ask for some stupid shit. They said the three teams that's most likely that's most likely a trade for them are the Raptors, the Heat, and the, I believe the Kings. Y'all going give us a lot. Yeah, I'm not. Say, bro, we'll, we'll we'll take Kyle and OG for Ben. Bro, no, y'all can't have OG. Fuck you, then. The hell. but then not want to give up. Bro, take Gary. Fuck Gary. Somebody has to know Gary. There's also rumors that Gary is reportedly could make twenty million a year, over twenty million a year, 
I'm like, who? Who the fuck paying him $20 million a year, bro? <laughs> Jalen Brown had to fight to get $20 million a year, bro. Who the fuck is Gary Trent? <laughs> you get $20 million a year. Gary Trent's agent reported that Gary Trent might get $20 million. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so a little bit for the Cavs. They said that OKC is a possible trade destination for Colin Sexton, and they want to pair Colin with Shea. What? That would no, they don't. Cleveland's lying. Cleveland's lying. <laughs> Hell no. I have no interest in doing that at all. <laughs> Fuck no. Dem- Demetrius shutting that down before they. No, even that was just <laughs> dumb. That was just stupid. They don't. They want who? Why the hell? If they just go and try to just keep rebuilding, they do not. No, no. What? Oh man. Daniel Gilbert, Daniel Gilbert talking to the media for that one. There's no way. They don't want two expiring contract guards. I'll tell you one thing they don't want is that. Yeah, I agree Tom. with that. Fuck that. Darnell even knows there's no chance. There's no chance. Yeah, there's no chance. There's no, no chance. chance. Why the hell would they want that? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it doesn't even. <laughs> that made me mad. <clears throat> they're also they also um said that <clears throat> there may be there have been like rumors about a three-team deal that involves the rockets pacers and hornets that involves miles turner eric gordon and a bunch of draft picks being thrown around rockets pacers and hornets yeah <laughs> 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 Why do I feel like everyone's gonna lose that trade? <laughs> you already, you already know my, where Miles Turner going in that situation. He going right over to Charlotte. That at least, you know what? Fuck it. That kind of makes sense. But Houston, Houston, Indiana. I don't know what's gonna happen there. So, oh, you know, know what's gonna happen? Actually, I don't know who's Indiana getting Gordon. Yep, that's exactly Indiana getting Gordon. You know that's happening. They need Gordon. Bro, why the fuck would they want Eric Gordon? His, you know exactly. Oh, because no, oh, he makes twenty. Because he makes twenty million a year. Not Eric <laughs> Gordon. Gordon Hayward. <laughs> oh, oh shit! Oh. <laughs> you think Eric? You think Eric? Think Gordon and Gordon are both going there? Yes. Damn. And the Rockets are gonna get. I don't fuck it. I guess they're going to try to make up for it and get Levert or something. They're going they're going to try and get him back. They're going to probably try to get him and end up with TJ Warren. That's, that's my guess. Honestly, they'll probably ask them for all they picks, bro. Fuck you, y'all got it. Let me yeah. just give me some picks. Oh, dude. Nah, the Rockets not smart to do that. They want a veteran presence. They want oh, yeah. TJ Warren. That <laughs> 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 And they really went from the best defense in the league at one point to this. Yeah. Well, right. and the best defense in the league for like 10 post-James Harden games. Until everybody got hurt, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, what did I tell you when they made the trade? They traded for another injury Yeah. That <laughs> got hurt. Hurt. Exactly. Bingo. And the Pelican. Younger. That was the problem. Yeah, that's great. 
could have at least. He said the, Pel- the Pelicans are going to try and overpay for Kyle Lowry, and if he doesn't take the contract, then they're going to try and overpay for Spencer Dinwiddie. All right, the Pelicans right now, they're trying to make a splash, but those two. I did say go for Kyle Lowry, but hey, man, thank you guys. They try, they're trying to pay him $30 million, $35 million. <laughs> like, please come here. Thank you guys for listening, man. I appreciate it. I'm cutting the news off short. When we go to the Pelicans, Rockets, Pacers, and Hornets, time to go. It's time to go. But hopefully you guys watch, man, NBA Draft, ESPN, 8 p.m. Excited to see what happens, obviously, with all these picks. Hopefully we get some moves in the draft as well or right before. I feel like ESPN about to go crazy on my phone in these next couple of hours. With some- <laughs> I'm excited, man. And uh, for Darnell and Dom, this is Demetrius, and uh, have a good one. Later. Triple D's draft night deuces.